What up, everybody? What up? Welcome to the Oasis. New jingle. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Copyright infringement. I do. I thought about that this past Sunday. Well, a couple Sundays ago by the time they watched this when you wore the all Nike. Yeah. It was like. Not sponsored not by sponsored. Nike. We're just giving them free promo. <laughs> we yeah. are though. I like Nike. I think they're they do it good. Good, good, good that's stuff. That's why I'm walking the cool bean sweatshirt today. There you go, for sure. Kind of sponsored by them. Oasis. Sponsored. For by sure Oasis. sponsored. Yeah. Sponsored by Bubbler. <laughs> Someday. Some days. Uh what was I gonna say? Oh, McDonald's. Welcome? I oh. do love a one dollar large pop from McDonald's. Mm, yeah. I don't necessarily love any other of their food. Oh really? But I watched same. I watched uh, like how it's made. Remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't. On, I just yeah. avoid those kind of things. McDonald's chicken nuggets. Not gonna eat them ever again. You're, you're not going I back. No, <laughs> I know it's bad. Brand hot dogs too. I watch no, one of hot no, dogs. No, no, don't run hot dogs. <laughs> I love a good hot dog. Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> let's. Well, since we're talking about it, I'll just go first. Okay. Uh, we're talking about work is hard, and mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about our first jobs. My first job was in the fast food industry. I got my first job at Dairy Queen. And I loved it. Mm. It was actually awesome. I worked with my older sister. And uh, yeah, we just made ice cream. And I always was eating candy in the back room <laughs> or like eating, messing up an ice cream. So you, ah, we, had, we had really good managers and they, they like let us have fun. And But the problem was we got bought by, have you guys heard this story? We got yeah. bought oh, by yeah. a different so. Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. So like someone else. And they only implied, only employed people over 16. And I was 15. And so they canned me. And I went to the Dairy Queen across town, and it was awful. Like, they all hated being there. And it was just like, I was so excited at the other place. I don't mean work is still hard. We're going to talk about that. But this Dairy Queen was so bad. And so I ended up just not showing up two days in a row, and they fired me. So I was 0 for 2 on Dairy Queens. But time of my life. That is tough. That's right. Time of my life. 15-year-old <laughs> life. Yeah. That's the best. The good days. Greatest 18 months of my life. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What about you two? Time. What's your first jobs? Um, I actually grew up, the, the, the starting date is, is very gray of when I started working. I worked for my, my grandparents growing up. Um, yeah. they owned a gas station, um, with a shop in the back. Oh, so cool. for free candy. Mo- Oh yeah, yes. like growing up, slushies. Yeah, go Soda? see. Yeah, go see grandma in the office. Go ask, hey, can we get some free candy? <laughs> grandma, then we have to go ask help? grandpa at the cash register. <laughs> but yeah, we always got something. But yeah, in the back, I, I worked for my my uncle ran the shop in the back, so yeah. I worked as a mechanic for at like strictly four years of of high school. Yeah. But and I don't want to profile you now, but I don't think many people would be like, you know what Dylan used to do. He used to he used cars. to be a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's totally true. Yeah, Jana, what about you? About that. Um, I mean, I did the like classic around the farm kind of jobs, but mm. my first like real job, like had to apply and like interview and stuff, was at Aeropostale. Oh, oh. yes, it was great. Around. It was a summer job. Um, they are still around. I don't get I know, it. It's crazy. Hollister couldn't How make it. Like, and they're also they're like anytime I go to, to the mall in Sioux Falls, it's always like seventy five percent off everything and yeah. so. <laughs> How are you guys making it? We are giving clothes away. <laughs> but yeah, I worked there over a summer. I think it was after my senior year of high school. And I told them ahead of time, like, hey, I have this family vacation. Mm. Don't schedule me. And they were like, okay, okay. And then like two weeks before, a week before, they scheduled me. And I was like, hey, I told you I had this vacation. And they're like, you have to find somebody else. And I was like, well, I can't find anybody else. And they're like, well, you have to do it. And I was like, I'm not even in the state, so I'm not coming in. All right. <laughs> and I never went back. There you go. I don't know if I officially quit. So you might still work at Air Fossil? I might. You might still be on the payroll. 
<laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you could just go pick up a job. <laughs> That's like a Dairy Queen where I got fired from my when I didn't show up two days in a row. I never collected my last paycheck. So somewhere out there, Dairy Queen owns owes me like forty four dollars. Um, <laughs> should go cash in on that. You should Seriously. just go to the, the, the Dairy Queen in Brickings and just say so. Hey. So here's the story. I need some free ice cream because y'all own. I will trade my lost paycheck for one free birthday ice cream cake. I love ice okay. cream cake. Is that an equivalent? No. Oh, but. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking like I'll do two, two ice cream. No, 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 just one. Okay. I'll, I'll settle for one. Let's dive into this. So we're talking about how work can be really hard. And we're going to just start with some statistics. And if you're not a statistics person, hit the fast forward button. But really what it is, is it says from the, a, a global study done by Gallup, one in five employees are engaged at work. What that means is they find their work is meaningful. So only one out of five people thinks that. And because they're not engaged, employee turnover is really, really high, which they says costs the global economy about $7.8 trillion a year. 1.3 employees are thriving in their overall well-being. That means they're hopeful about work and life and the balance between those two. So only 33% there. 44% of employees experience a lot of daily stress. This number is actually higher now than it was in covid when surveyed and asked a slightly different question, half the people who responded say they struggle with consistent stress. And the U.S. employees in both of these statistics rank higher than the whole rest of the world, which I find really fascinating. <clears throat> Three out of four employees currently right now, about 77% of people are considering leaving their jobs if something better came along. One in three people are bored with their jobs. One in three employees quit after just six months. It really depends on where you read it, but a turnover rate right now for people in employment is somewhere between 20 to 50%, depending on the inventory or the industry. Sorry, people are not <laughs> products, <laughs> depending on the industry. And so like what that means is if you were to clock it right now and look forward to a year, somewhere between one in five and one in two will be brand new people in mm. those departments. Mm. That's crazy. And finally, only on an average, only people only stay about four and a half years at one job. This study has tracked this over a period of like 50 years, 60 years when they've had these more blue collar jobs. Um, or is it white collar? Which oh, one's the office one? Blue collar. White collar. White collar. White collar? <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, more white collar <laughs> jobs. And they've seen it consistently decline through until this point. Like it used to be people would stay at their jobs an average of almost mm -hmm. 15 years. And now it's four and a half. All of these studies, I mean, and then we'll use tons of personal examples throughout this, show that work is really hard. People are quitting more are quitting more often and they are find themselves constantly looking for something new. And when you look at all those same stats and you can find certain articles that will publish just Gen Z stats, mm -hmm. like people who, I don't know exactly what the cutoff is, but essentially those who are young adults and younger, like those studies shoot through the roof. Like we're even more prone to quit even more prone to look for something new. And so why don't we just ask some questions that would help people process their experience. And maybe right now they're just hearing this as statistics, but they need a little bit of prompting to reflect of like, okay, do I fall into some of these statistics? What would we ask? Yeah. I mean, some good, a good initial question to reflect on is, do you think that your work is meaningful? Mm. Um, so in the job that you're in, is it meaningful? Does it feel purposeful? Is there a satisfaction that comes out of it um, and how you spend your days at work? Um, on like kind of the flip side, are you bored with your job? Like, mm -hmm. is it tiring? Are you experiencing burnout? Are there um, just uh, what are the feelings in, in that situation? Mm -hmm. And then even you could finish up with, are you experiencing some conflicts, some disagreements at work and just yeah. what's the environment like? Yeah. One of the questions I, I, 
I also saw was people really respond lowly to the question of like, do you feel valued at your workplace? Mm. So it's not only what they're feeling, but how they, they interpret the feelings of those around them. Mm. So the coworkers or management, do they really value my presence here and what I bring to the table? And that number is consistently yeah. declining as well. All of these show, and we hope as you reflect on those questions, there's going to be some yeses in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hopefully, there, hopefully and like sadly. Well, yes. You know, hopefully in the fact that if you're being true, you'll see yeah. it. And then sadly in the fact this is what work brings. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit now about, I think it's like five, six different reasons why we would say work is hard. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a lot of the times um, we just have bad workplaces and, and management that, um, but more often than not, it may be what we think it is, but it's usually not that that's the problem. Mm. Um, it's often the easiest answer to push off like what may be a, a fault of our own to push off on someone else. It's, oh, it's because of them that, mm. that like, I'm not flourishing in this workplace. It's because because of our staff culture that, like, we're not doing great, stuff like that. Um, so it's, it points to others as the issues. It, it, it reflects everything away from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just says that, like, hey, everybody's flawed, which, like, yes, is true, but, like, you're also a part of everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also have flaws and you need to, like, own your percent of that. Yeah. Like JP says, like whatever your percent out of a hundred, if it's 1%, own a hundred percent of that. Mm. Um, and guess what? You're never going to find a perfect boss or a perfect workplace. So like, you're always going to have conflict. There's always going to be like less than perfect, mm. less than ideal situations. So, um, yeah, you got to step into that with the best mindset with the, the best outlook on what's to come yeah and so essentially what you're saying is like this is one of the big reasons yeah Mm -hmm. but a lot of times we like to write it off as the only reason oh yeah yeah so we like to say like oh my job is terrible because my boss is bad or like my job is terrible because my coworkers are just toxic Mm -hmm. or like my job is terrible because i don't like the things i do and what you said is like all of those put external excuses on the Mm -hmm. issue where we're going to flip it now is we're going to start to look a little bit internally yeah. because while that external answer is the easiest and it mm-hmm. might hold some truth, yeah. like he, you just mm-hmm. told us, yeah. there is no perfect workplace or bosses. There is, you will not find that. So the external might be true. There is probably, I would almost say certainly in every single scenario, some internal work we could do to try to make work better. Mm-hmm. So where are the areas internally we would say like our reasons people struggle with work? Yeah, I mean, Dylan already hinted at it as, that as conflict arises, that's going to happen no matter where you interact with people. And oftentimes, sometimes, or oftentimes where that becomes um, a place that makes work hard is that we're unwilling to step into the mm-hmm. conflict. So we're unwilling to confront when issues arise or to have conversations that may be hard, but may be needed. Um, and so that can be a big internal problem that could have an external effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we can stop and, and look at our even our own either unwillingness to do conflict or poor conflict management yeah. too, um, and begin to address some of those things within ourself that was as gonna, well. That was going to be my question. Do you think it's one of those more than the other? Do you think it's our mm. fear of doing conflict or inability or knowledge to know how to do them? Mm. That's more prominent. It's probably both. Yeah. I would think I, this may be an overgeneralization. I think that younger people, we have a tendency just to just avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we haven't even developed the skills of how to do it well. Um, so it's compounding. Like mm-hmm. we're afraid to do it. And so we never do. And so we never learn how to do it well. Yeah. And it's probably more common that we're just unwilling to do it than that we do it and we do it poorly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I have an example of this. I'll use really vague terms so the person doesn't feel <laughs> called out. I don't know if they listen or not. But essentially, there's this person I know who she's she's been at her workplace or they've been at their workplace <laughs> <laughs> for uh, less than six months. And they're starting to have some issues with their boss. And they're pretty minor things, like... But it's compounding, and there's mm-hmm. multiple issues, and but every single one of them, they haven't gone to the boss and said, hey, this bothers me when you do this, mm-hmm. or this is a struggle, or I don't feel valued, or it really just makes me feel diminished when you do these things. Mm-hmm. So rather than having having that conversation, they are now looking for a new job because yeah. they're unwilling to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to uproot their life, move to a different place, start all over, forego the six months of work, forego the relationships that they've cultivated, forego a job they like kind of like because they're unwilling to have a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just one example. And I think it happens all over the place where it's like, hey, I'm struggling with this thing personally and it's affecting the way I do work. Mm -hmm. But rather than bring that to my boss and say, hey, this is actually why I'm functioning in this way or this is what's happening outside of here, we just won't say anything and we'll just Mm -hmm. deal with the consequences of poor performance or whatever it is like oh just it kind of drives me crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're solvable solutions yeah right what's another Mm -hmm. one then let's we can move on um we're just unwilling to do the hard things Mm. um that as soon as we get like a a project or a task in front of us it's like this is going to take more effort than i want to (laughs) give we're like all right check us out like we're done with this um because we've we've lost some endurance, um, just an ability to endure hard th- hard things. Yeah. Um, and and rather just than going through and pushing through and, and you know kind of getting into the gritty of it, mm. like just really like all right, we got to sit down, we got to do this. Like you say, whenever you write sermon, write sermons, yeah. locking yourself in the classroom for an entire morning, <laughs> like yes. that takes some grit. Yeah. Um, but like you sometimes you just gotta buckle up and do it. Mm-hmm. Um and push through instead of just leaving yeah and i think that's a huge learning curve for young adults yeah because yeah. as college students you have a schedule but it's super flexible a lot of times like you have maybe two to six hours of class a day but then the whole rest of your awake time like you get to pick how you organize and do that mm-hmm. when it comes to a job you might clock in at eight and have to be there till five and you're stuck in an office or at a desk for 40 hours a week and people don't really know what to do with that. Yeah. They're used to the autonomy and the flexibility of doing these things mm-hmm. and hanging out with people. And I'm going to go froth over lunch and I'm going to go out to eat. And like sometimes in a job, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. Yeah. And there's a learning curve is you now need to learn what it looks like to work a 40 hour week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to learn what it looks like to sit as an accountant behind a desk. Like that's not something you're used to. Yeah. And like you got to give yourself grace and patience to push through that hard season. Yeah. I, like Dylan talked about it last year. One of the hard things for me was every single week I had to sit down and pretty much write a sermon. <laughs> like that's a process that takes me anywhere from eight to 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And like to sit in a classroom for me as a huge extrovert, to sit there for 20 hours, like I would sit by the window just because I wanted some kind of <laughs> vitamin D in her. It was so sad. They're like brick walls. and But like that wasn't something I loved doing. I love the finished product. I like some of the process of serving prepping, but I don't always love 20 hours alone in a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. But now this year I've, I've adapted some of it and I've changed some of it, but I also have learned to endure. Like this is mm-hmm. part of the job. Like I don't love sitting at my desk. You, you guys do it too. Mm-hmm. Staring at your computer for 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, pastoring so awesome. You get to hang out with people and stand up on stage and you get to throw events and parties. It's like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a small portion of it. Small portion of it. Very small. The rest of the 30 hours a week, I sit at my desk by myself with the headphones in, listening to low five beats. Like, yep. But but you got to be willing to grind. Yeah. Yeah. And every job's going to have something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of, I'm I'm rolling here. You guys feel free to jump in extra. I talk to a lot of like engineers or like people who, they, they understand engineering, but then it's hard for them to turn around and sit behind a desk and actually work on those projects for mm. a lot of time. I got a buddy who's a construction management guy, so a lot of his education, yeah, he had to sit in a classroom, but he didn't realize that out of his work week, he would spend a lot of time at the desk planning and organizing the project rather than actually being out in there and doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much of, like, nursing. Like, nursing, you're going to be with the patient for some of it, but a lot of it is you're going to be sitting at the desk doing files, doing doing charts, and checking people in, doing whatever. Like, yeah. there's a lot of mundane to mm-hmm. every single job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't always realize that until we're in it. Yeah. yeah. And even, like, on, like, a personal note, like, growing up, like, school was super easy for me. Like, mm-hmm. I cruised through, like, high school, 4.0, like, super easy. Like, yeah. never studied in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I came to college as, like, chem major than biochem major than nursing major like in three semesters yeah and like absolutely bombed all of it because i never knew how to study yeah like i never knew how to endure like hard school yeah. like school is already always easy and like wait this stuff is hard i don't know what to do i'm like drowning like what do i do and like that was really hard and like i really struggled bringing myself to to pull up the grit to like sit down and like study and like work through homework for like five six hours a night yeah and, like that stuff is hard. Yeah. And and we'll talk a little bit about how to like overcome some of the th- these things. But the answer to this is not just like white knuckle it through yeah. oh, like a yeah. whole career. Yeah. Like that is not the answer. <laughs> but for a season, you might have to learn yeah. to adapt. Like it's mm-hmm. like endurance, right? When you yeah. run a race, like you're not just going to pop off and run a marathon. Like you need to start and, and ease yourself in. And, and the first handful of times you run, the first however many times, like it's going to hurt. And it's going to be terrible, but you're training yourself to get to that point where you can do that for 40 hours a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because the problem is, right, people will hit that opposition and they'll feel bored, feel tired, feel burnt out, feel like they're not engaged. They're like, I hate a desk job. I need to find something else. And so mm-hmm. they just leave and quit and they never actually learned. And so they'll get mm-hmm. to another job in the future where, again, they got to do a desk or yep. like even I don't even know if there's a job that doesn't involve like a, a desk. Maybe <laughs> there's probably tons, but um, every single job will have like some sort of thing. Admin. Work. Or yeah. So like I think of a barista at yeah. a coffee shop, like they'll never sit behind a desk, but there's going to be stuff like stocking the shelves mm-hmm. or like cleaning up after where that's probably yeah. not what the barista is passionate about mm-hmm. or baristo. If it's a guy, I don't think that's actually how it goes, but <laughs> just barista and both. I don't know. <laughs> just being stupid. Never thought about it. But like in every single job, there's those aspects mm-hmm. that yeah. you got to learn to overcome. Yeah. What are, what's another one? I yeah. think, we're, we're still rolling. Yeah. Do you not do bad expectations? Yeah, yeah. Another part of what can make work so hard is just bad expectations. Um, so expectations for yourself, expectations for the job. Yeah. Um, we can be really quick to think in our culture that our job needs to be what fulfills us. Like mm. we build basically all of our life around finding that perfect job, right. building that career, yep. like go to school, graduate mm-hmm. so you can go to college and study the thing and that'll get into your career and that's going to fulfill you and make yeah. your life happy. And that's not always the case, even if you love what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one way that our expectations can fail us is when we think it's going to fulfill us. Another way is that um, if we think it's always going to be easy or fun, mm-hmm. or if you find yourself in a job and in something you love and you're passionate about and you don't notice those things, the mundane things that are required for the job yeah. um, and just want to do the easy and fun things. Um, 
but we can also fall into the the mindset and the expectation of of just checking the boxes. Um, so just getting done the things that need to get done and not really finding joy or or giving our all or, or putting all of our being into what we do. Yeah, and I think there's a healthy expectation of what what do you need in a job? Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's, good. I mean, there's a lot of different wants that we can have for mm-hmm. jobs, but what do we need? So like, if I was going to categorize them, I would say like money, like how much you make is probably important to a lot of people, location, mm-hmm. where the job is, who you work with and your coworkers, the activities or the tasks that make up the job. And then maybe like your future. Do you see a future at that job or a future or, or learning or growth? And when it comes to maybe those five, a lot of times I would maybe say every time you're not going to check all mm-hmm. five boxes. Like at our current jobs, as we sit at the table, we probably don't check all five boxes where it's like, oh, we make as much money as we'd want and it's in the perfect location and every day I do the things I want. Like Mm -hmm. that's probably not a reality Mm -hmm. for most people. But if you could find two or three of those things, like Mm -hmm. you find a job that pays well in a good location, you get good coworkers, but the actual tasks of the day are kind of mundane for you, maybe that's worth it. Or you don't make as much money, but you love what you do and you like who you do it with and you like the place. Like- what is a need for you and mm-hmm. what's a want and how can you hold those things loosely as you choose, mm-hmm. choose jobs? Super good. Lastly, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about poor influences. Yeah. People come into jobs or even as they work jobs, we all have influences, people who will speak to us and, and impact us. What would we say are some of the things that are detrimental that a lot of like our listeners have maybe heard or are currently hearing that will hurt their workplace presence? Yeah. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Preach it, explain it, (laughs) preach it again. What does that mean? Just like, okay, yeah, you may be doing your dream job, but that may not be all of it. Like there's Mm going to be days where you don't like it. Like there's going to be days where you face opposition. Like you could be working your dream job, but you could also have a coworker who really sucks one day. Yeah. (laughs) Like you could be doing all the things that you could have ever wanted but it's not going to be everything. Mm -hmm. And like, you're never going to get everything out of a job that you want. Yeah. And like, we're then tricked. Yeah. And and people aren't trying to be deceptive. They think Mm -hmm. this is helpful, but it's just not because then we try to find this passion. That's what a lot of college students are trying Mm -hmm. to do. They're trying to find this thing they're passionate about so that when they get in the workplace, they can find that fulfillment. They can find that joy. They can love what they do. But it's 40 hours a week, people, mm-hmm. 45, 50 hours a week, depending on which job. Maybe you're, you're part-time, you got like 30. I don't know. You're working a lot of hours doing this thing. There are bound to be days, moments like where that's not joyous. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I felt this was, it was like my birthday. And I have always loved working here at Grace Point. I still love working here at Grace Point. But on my birthday, I didn't want to work here. <laughs> you know, but I had to, I had to work. I had things I needed to do. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I love what I do. But it's still work. Yeah. Yeah. I still have to do a timesheet at the end of every week. Like I still have to clock vacation. I can't just leave. Mm -hmm. Like there's still obligations that I'm responsible for, Mm -hmm. even though I love what I do. Yeah. And yeah. So then people get into it and they're like, oh, it's not fun all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I thought I loved this. Maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you might still love it. It's just hard. Yeah. What's another one? Yeah. We often see other people's highlights reels. I mean, social media, we get you. Yep. I can say that. That's <laughs> right. We know that through social media, we see people's highlight of not just life, but work. Um, maybe they travel a ton for their work or they get to like do something fun for their job. And they're only really most of the time going to post the good stuff. Oh, and yeah. so it could be easy to compare and to see other people's highlights and compare it to our everyday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I can speak a little bit into that because like in the summers, for the past four summers, I've gone home and I've worked. Yeah. And I fly zip lines for a job. <laughs> yeah. I sit on zip lines and talk to people from around the world. Like that sounds great and like makes great photos. Oh yeah, yeah. sounds great, like great, great Instagram, Instagram content. content. <laughs> yep. Um, but there's a lot of days where like it sucked. We're like <laughs> I'm standing on a giant wooden deck that's reflecting the 90 degree sun to 120 degrees, standing on the deck, wearing 20 pounds of gear, like yeah. talking to people that don't want to talk to Making me, that small hate, talk. Yeah, that hate my jokes that I so carefully craft. <laughs> And then, like, you don't, like, you're just working out in the sun, like, you're hungry, you're thirsty, like, mm -hmm. you're just getting, like, beat down, but it's like, I still get a zip line, like, yeah. so people see that, and they're like, yeah, you don't, you don't get to see the behind the scenes of, like, mm -hmm. yep, I've walked 16 miles today and climbed 45 flights of stairs. Yeah. Oof. Count me out for this. And <laughs> hey, most people are sitting at their desk, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm bored, so I'm gonna jump on yeah. social media, and you see the another person, they got to take another business trip to another mm -hmm. cool place, yeah. or like they got yeah. to go to this conference, or they look like they're having so much fun mm -hmm. with their coworkers. But it's like that's not reality. We all yeah. know that. I think our yeah. generation is finally catching on that Instagram's not really real, <laughs> but yeah. it's still hard when you see it consistently. Mm -hmm. The last one is we've we've hit it a little bit, but I just want to circle back is that there's this cultural idea that we get fed a lot of times that work and career is everything, that what you do and it is and it is important because you will spend yeah. a lot of your life yeah. working. Mm -hmm. So that's why it is important to find something you're passionate about or something you can invest well in. But it's not everything. Mm -hmm. Like if you, I, I just got this advice. I don't know five, six years ago when I was in college where I was really wrestling with what I was going to do and someone told me, well, what if you just worked a job, made a paycheck and then loved the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. Like what if you came home from work and you loved your spouse really well and then you loved your kids really well and you spent the weekends like really caring for them and at work like you loved your coworkers well but what you actually did for those 40 hours, maybe that's not your favorite thing. Would that still fulfill you? Would that still be mm -hmm. like an okay life? And I had to sit back and wrestle with that mm -hmm. because like, we put such a high status on what's our career going to be and I need to make something yeah, and legacy. Yeah. And But what if it's just, oh, I need a paycheck this week. Mm -hmm. And so I can go there and invest and work well, mm -hmm. but really it's just a paycheck. Yeah. And also I think question, put it into perspective too of like, there's 168 hours in a week. You spend 30 to 40, maybe mm. 50 mm. of those hours at yeah. work, which is m less than half. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you got to count sleeping, sleep, but... but. <laughs> Some but, people don't do that either. Yeah. Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's important to put it into, into perspective that like you're not spending all of your time. So like you need to love your life outside of work too. Mm. Don't make work your life. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive into a little bit of scripture here because work is just hard for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like we will not sit here and tell you work is supposed to be easy. It's not. In Genesis 3, they have the fall of man where Adam and Eve eat from the, the fruit from the tree they're not supposed to eat and... Like sin enters the world and brokenness enters the world and God puts, he pronounces a curse over those involved. And in the, when he speaks to Adam, he says this, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat fruit from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are and to dust you return." And here's the consequence of the fall. God says to Adam, who his job was a farmer, mm -hmm. I mean, he was to cultivate the ground. He was to take the chaos that was the world and, and bring order to it in the same way God did. He was supposed to be in the image of God, work as, as a laborer in this. But now, instead of joy and uh, um, ease to come from his cultivating the ground, there would be hardship. It says he will sweat 
thorns and thistles will be on the ground, which he didn't have to deal with before. Like, you, what is what else does it say? Um, cursed is this ground. Painful toil. You will like mm-hmm. that is now Adam's work reality. Mm-hmm. Is what was joyous and and life giving and exciting and, and probably easy and unawesome for him is now hard and hurtful and and painful and like that's what work has become. Mm-hmm. So when we look at today, and I mean, if you're a farmer, you probably know the reality of how mm-hmm. hard farming is. But as you do the rest of your job, this is still a reality. Yeah, that work has become a burden. It's a burden where we still have to carry. Like Adam was not excused from his work. He still mm-hmm. had to eat and we're not excused from our work. We still got to work. But there is a reality that because of the sinful world and the brokenness we live in, work will be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything to add there? No. No. Then let's quick jump yeah. and let's finish with how do we overcome all of these reasons we just said? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do we overcome the fact that work is so hard? Like how do we yeah. still endure and be resilient within that? Mm-hmm. I mean, start first and foremost, do conflict. Yeah. Like if you even need help of like, I don't even know where to start. Like there's lots of conflict management yes, stuff out there. So you much. can get resources, yeah. talk to people, seek wise counsel. I just had to do um, a couple of weeks of seminary on conflict <laughs> management and it was just like, read these 12,000 articles on conflict. It's everywhere. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. So do conflict. If there's things that are uh, situations that are un- unhealthy, there is... Um, miscommunication or unmet expectations, whatever the conflict source may be, mm-hmm. take the time to identify it, to, to check your own self in it, and then step into the conflict mm-hmm. with individuals that that might include, mm-hmm. coming from a place of love and grace and trying to do it well. Um, but the the reason that this is so important and that what we can learn from Scripture is, um, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 12 and 18, he says, if it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. Yeah. Like that's a command that he gives to to the people um, that we can also heed as well that in all areas of life, we should be people who streak, who I lost my train of thought, who no. seek yeah. to <laughs> um, live at peace with others. Yeah. And so we have to do conflict. We have to. Otherwise we have to be people who overcome obstacles, right? Hebrews 12, one through three is Jesus enduring the cross, enduring the opposition from sinners because he was able to overcome those obstacles and look at what the outcome could be. So when you find yourself bored at work, could you ask for more work to do? Mm. Like most bosses, if you're sitting there at your desk and you're like, hey, I've got nothing to do. And you're like, can I help you? They would probably love that. And maybe they don't have anything for you. And then that's on them. But like they should not chastise you for being like, hey, I'd love to do more and, and invest more here. Or like, how do you find new meaning in your work? Mm. Right. Good. Where you connect your work back to your passion. So maybe you are just sitting at your desk, staring at your computer. But what what is the meaning and wh- how are you investing in something greater than yourself? Maybe you feel like there's no future there. How do you double check that? Like, how do you go and you actually explore or ask questions of, of how do the other people feel in that same arena rather than just sitting in this thought that you have? Or what do you, what, like people who don't feel fulfilled at their job. Work wasn't meant to be your fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like your fulfillment comes from Christ. So whatever you do, you can show up and you can work and invest in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you are just McDonald back to McDonald's. Shout out. Maybe you're just <laughs> filling up my diet Coke as I come through and you're like, this work is not fulfillment, but the people who you're working with can be your mission field mm-hmm. and you can love and you can serve them well. And you can be excited that every single time you get to work, go to work, mm-hmm. you get to invest in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now that can mm-hmm. be fulfillment. Yeah. And you could be a person that even changes the culture of your, oh, yeah. totally. your workplace. I mean, we've talked about, you know, toxic workplaces and everybody hating their job. You might be the one person that smiles and at least isn't negative the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And that can have a significant impact, not just for your workplace, but for the kingdom too. So good. You got the next one. Cause I know you love this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
work like you're working for God. I mean, it's true of all of us. It's easy to, to uh, just push off and say like, oh, I'm not a pastor. So like, I'm not like working for God. Where it's like, no, like we are all like children of God, servants of God who are to work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, um, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for humans. So how do you go into work each and every day with the mindset of like, all right, like, uh, yes, I'm working for humans, but I'm gonna work most importantly for God. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I serve the Lord through what I'm, I do- through what I'm doing? Whether that's yeah. filling up Coke, you know, mm-hmm. um, sitting at a desk, you know. Driving the UPS truck. Yeah. yeah. Working on landscaping. How, mm-hmm. yeah, how can you serve the Lord in whatever you mm-hmm. do? Like, again, that brings a fresh m- meaning and a f- like look at mm-hmm. things with new eyes of like, all right, like wh- where's the little thing that I can do to, to serve God through this? So. So good. Yeah. Um, jumping off of that, another way is to look for opportunities to serve. Um, and so when we look in scripture, Brennan, you might have to give the exact quote. Yeah. Mark ten forty five. Yeah. for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Yes, there it is. And he found purpose and passion mm-hmm. and gifting and fulfillment in service. Yes. And so we can do the same thing, whether that's serving your coworkers and how you interact with them, or even in your job, maybe you serve your boss mm-hmm. by helping them with the project. There's so many different ways that you can serve and love and care for those around you, or even just the institution that you're part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of that, that can bring joy yeah. um, and enjoyment to the work you do. And we have a tendency to want to get, yeah, right? We want to walk into workplaces and say, what what can you give to me? Mm-hmm. But when we change that and we say, what can I give here? It actually changes our whole disposition in that yeah. place. And it can actually become a place of life and, and, and excitement for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, renew your mind. We are people who, I mean, right now, generational... Uh, blanket over everything. Anxiety is just mm-hmm. a huge issue where it's like, or just negative thinking patterns mm-hmm. where we get into just like, we, we think poorly about work and we yeah. think poorly about our situations and when we don't know how to overcome our own minds mm-hmm. and our own opposition and our own heads. And so Romans 12, 1, like renew your mind, seek that which is God. Let your, your let your worship be holistic, your whole body. Give that to God. And when he renews your mind, he, he leads you into greater places. And maybe that's gratitude or thankfulness mm-hmm. where you show up and you say, God, I, I know today might be boring, but I'm grateful I have a job and I'll get a paycheck. Yeah. And I know this isn't a job really in the location I want, but I'm thankful that I get to do it with people that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like when you start to focus on not the things that are bad, but the things that mm-hmm. you can be grateful for, that will shift your perspective and you can be thankful. Philippians 4 is this whole passage of text that really says that. Paul's learning the secret of contentment, and part of mm-hmm. that is prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. And he had these these practices that he rooted himself in so that his mind was being renewed constantly. A couple mm-hmm. more? Yeah. yeah. Um, one big thing is just don't compare. Like, we compare everything. Like, yeah. social media <laughs> has driven that up a wall. Um, but like like you said, like, contentment is so, so important. Um, and, and even, like, scriptures are... Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. So like, how can you go into work if you're continuously comparing? Like, you're not going to have, have any joy in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't compare, like be content where you're at. Like be okay being in the present. Like don't focus on like, like uh, it's, it's a big word I'm thinking of, but it's not going to come. Um, encapsulate maybe. Sure. And <laughs> something, something like that. Like don't, like focus incredibly hard on the future that you can't be present where you're at. Mm. Um, that y- you, there are people alongside you at your work that are going to like need your presence there. Yeah. So like yeah. be present with them. Mm-hmm. Like that is one of the greatest mm-hmm. like testimonies and like 
ways that like we can encourage people and show people Jesus yeah. is by just being present with them. That's good. Jenny, you want the last one? Yeah, I'll do the last one. So lastly, care for yourself outside of work. Um, and so, yeah, the, the time that you take outside of work can be a place of rest and rejuvenation, but oftentimes we use that as an escape. So I just worked really hard. So now I'm going to sit in the couch and stare at the TV for six hours and I'm going to go to bed and do it And then I got back up the next morning. I'm so tired. Yeah. (laughs) So what are the things that actually bring life and rejuvenation and restoration Mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, all of those things, learn to identify those for yourself and then put those into regular rhythms Mm -hmm. in your life so that you're cared for outside of work. That work isn't then a burden that you can't get out of, mm-hmm. but that you can also bring joy into that yeah. because you are rested and rejuvenated yeah. and ready for work and all of life. So because good. what happens outside of work impacts work mm-hmm. in the same way that what happens in work will impact what happens outside of work. Totally. Yeah. Well, there you go, people. I mean, I hope you hear a little bit about work. Work is hard. Like if yeah. you're right now, you're like, man, my job is tough. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. All work is hard, but it's necessary and it can be better. So continue to invest, continue to to seek after God in that place and see what he'd have for you. All right. Peace out. See ya. Bye.